0: We give so much support to mums as they prepare to have a baby, but less so in the recovery after childbirth. So today I chat with physio and owner of Fitness Mama, Kath Backey, and we talk about birth recovery, motherhood, and how to prioritize time for looking after yourself with a new bub. Welcome to The Working Mama Podcast, a show that provides real-world tips, tricks, and advice to all working mamas on how they can have a career, family, and hopefully one day break the glass ceiling. Well, hello there. Welcome back to another episode of The Working Mama Podcast. On today's episode, I chat with Physio Kath, uh, just in relation to birth recovery and looking after your body after having children. And I know it's a topic that we probably don't talk enough of because... I know even before I fell pregnant, I hadn't even heard of the pelvic floor before. And it's something that, yeah, no matter if you're working, you're planning a pregnancy or anything like that, that it's important to look after your body, but also then to recover correctly after having a child. And so just like about planning, you know, the return back to work, it's also about planning your recovery back into exercise. Those that know me, I'm pretty excited and passionate about going for a run and and going skiing and loving the bike ride with the family. So I'm pretty keen on getting back into exercise and I will profess that after this call, I actually did sign up to Kath's membership. So she's got a great online membership that suits we're, uh, recovering mums so, so well. So I hope you enjoy this episode and you get some takeaways from it. As always, love to hear a review or recommend it to someone else and also follow Kath on the socials at Fitness Mama. So enjoy. Welcome, Kath. How's your day going so far?
1: Oh, thanks, Karina. I guess it's been the time of recording. It's school holidays, so doing everything that comes with three children and running around.
0: Small (laughs) business owner and
1: you're managing the juggle. It's fun. Just trying to keep them busy and happy. And then we have some quiet time in the afternoons generally. Uh, Yeah. School's back next week, which is exciting. Absolutely. And we're lucky that we can go back. I know there's lots of states in Australia, they're going to have to hit the home learning. So I feel sorry,
0: feel for them. Yes, definitely. So Kath, why don't we just kick it off? How would you best describe yourself? Oh,
1: okay. So I am a mum of three girls aged eight, six and three, no four. She's just turned four, eight, six and four. And I am a physiotherapist for women. And yeah, so that's me in a nutshell. I've got a supportive husband. We've got a dog, pretty standard, I guess, but I just, yeah, I love working. I, I own online an online program for pregnant women and postnatal women with online workouts and resources called Fitness Mama. And I've got a podcast. So yeah, just loving the whole, well, as you said before, it is a juggle, but it's fun. It's the working from home with the kids, being able to work around the kids. Yeah, it's a whole new ball game.
0: Well, definitely the online space provides a lot of opportunities. And so how have you got to where you are today? What's been your career pathway?
1: Yeah, so I graduated physio wanting to do sports physio like every other physio out there that starts because that's all I knew about at university and or at school rather when I decided I wanted to be a physio. But then my eyes opened up to a whole new area of physio, like women's health physio. And right from uni I was doing all the electives at the physio clinics that did the women's health. And right from the get-go I've worked part-time in women's health. So I remember my first day I worked at a regional hospital in Ballarat when I first got my job and I was one of the only female physios there and they were delighted because they could handball all the mastitis clients that I was ultrasounding their breasts if they had mastitis, you know, all the prenatal and postnatal and just loved it. So I have done a lot of hospital work and rehabilitation and then by the time I had my first baby, I decided it's time to go all in to women's health, and that's when I did some postgraduate postgraduate studies in pelvic floor rehab. So, yeah, and the rest is history. So I work one day a week at a clinic doing a lot of prenatal assessments, postnatal, pelvic floor. I, I, it's not just around the childbirth time, also around menopause, see a lot of women um, all stages of life. And then I've got the online program too.
0: Well, I really look forward to getting into today's chat to talk about all things pre and postnatal and recovery for women, because it's something that I have to confess that before I even fell pregnant with my first son, I didn't even know what the term pelvic floor was. And there's you know a lot of things that you don't even know about that that it's out there and and also what the impact of not a good recovery is on your body after you give birth. Because I know I've heard the analogy that you can be pregnant for nine months and then it takes your body another nine months to recover. Even, you know, you've particularly, if you've had a and you've had major surgery and things like that. So what, just to open it up, how does your body impact it through pregnancy?
1: Oh, well, that's a good question because it it does impact different people in different ways but in general as you can imagine the growing baby is stretching all your abdominal muscles so abdominal muscle separation is really common and actually 100% of women will have abdominal muscle separation by the end of their pregnancy so it's totally normal totally natural it's that recovery where after you know, for afterwards, it's that recovery we're looking at. And then there's, you can imagine the weight of the baby and all the fluid, It's can be quite a a few kilograms sitting on top of your pelvic floor muscles. So your pelvic floor muscles form the floor of the pelvis, hence the term pelvic floor. It's like the base of the pelvis and these muscles surround all the openings. So your vagina, your urethra, where the wee comes out and then your anus. So those pelvic floor muscles, they've got two main functions. One is to help preventing continence, so keep us continent. So we don't want to be leaking when we cough, sneeze, laugh. We don't want to be leaking urine, feces. You want to be able to hold in wind if you need to. And then the second function of the pelvic floor is to support your organs, your pelvic organs, so your bladder, your uterus where the baby is and then your bowel as well so yeah during pregnancy they do become stretched and unfortunately what we're talking about before with cesareans they're not protective against pelvic floor issues so they do find that by the time we hit menopause pretty much all women are at the same sort of risk for pelvic floor issues so yeah pelvic floor rehab is important for everyone whether or not they have a vaginal or a cesarean delivery and that's partly hormonal reasons it's our anatomy yeah there's lots of different reasons but yeah so we talked about abdominals pelvic floor and then the other thing with pregnancy is the aches and pains that can come with being pregnant <laughs> so that's a whole that we could talk a whole hour on that
0: yeah there's certainly a lot of a lot of body changes that that happen in it and you don't recover straight away like you don't have a baby and then just suddenly all Bounce back is what social media, contrary to what some people lead you believe, do you?
1: No, that's right. It's yeah. Like we could go into a bit of detail. <laughs> I like to let's talk about vaginal birth. So after vaginal birth or during childbirth, our pelvic floor can stretch up to three hundred percent. That's linked. huge. That's it's amazing. No other muscle in the body can do it. Like the pelvic floor. These muscles are perfectly built for the job. I think our hamstrings strain at 18% roughly, whereas pelvic floor can, you know, stretch right up to three times their length, 300%. So it's pretty remarkable. And I like to think about all those muscles like an elastic band. It's not just muscles. It's a fascia connective tissue. You know, when you have a piece of steak, you're not just eating the muscle. It's the white bit in between, like that's what I mean when I talk about the fashion, the connective tissue, all those support structures—they're all stretched like an elastic band, and we want that natural recoil to occur as, as much as possible. So I like to split. I like to talk about our recovery, like rehab, and that recovery phase. There's early recovery phase, and then yeah, a step-by-step process to recovering afterwards. So. It's a big topic.
0: Yeah. <laughs> what, would like,
1: what would you like to discuss, Marita?
0: It's almost like how long's a piece of string? So oh, 100%. <laughs> and it's one yeah. Of those, yeah, it's, I know that like I've recently had a cesarean birth and I thought, oh, cool, I, you know, I've had a cesarean. I not if worries about the pelvic floor as much. And then my obstetrician was like, no, sorry, you've got the abdominals as well as the pelvic floor that you have to think about in terms of your recovery. And my first son was um, through vaginal. So I've had both experiences in terms of birth and definitely the, the recovery has been different. But, yeah, it's, it's one of those things you just never know how your body is actually going to react either. And there there are things that you you talk about initially when you've you've had birth about what type of recovery how soon can you start working on your pelvic floor and and that to to aid that long-term recovery
1: yeah so again if we split the recovery into a few bits let's first of all talk about the first few weeks like I, I feel those first few weeks they're so amazingly important for recovery and part of the rehab process and and if we think about, if you've listened to me talk before, you might have heard this, but I, when a footy player has an ACL injury or a hamstring tear on the footy field, what happens afterwards? They generally have a period of rest. You know, they might need to have surgery or they have to rest. And then once they've rested, they start Their rehab. So they might start some gentle strength work and then some gentle run-throughs. And eventually they might start training with a, you know, a small, small amount of time with the other teammates. And then eventually they might start competitive football, like a quarter of a match or a half a match. They won't just go into a whole match of football. So there's very much a step-by-step recovery process. Whereas I feel women in general it's just a society thing, you know, two weeks after we've had our baby, our partner probably no longer has parental leave and we're back having to do the school drop-off or, you know, running around after a toddler, you know, running to the supermarket, pushing a trolley like this. There's, there's, we're just sort of thrown in the deep end. And then we've got the sleep deprivation with all that and the exhaustion and all the hormonal changes and, Yeah. So I'm very much for advocating, you know, women, our bodies are are amazing. We have just produced this life form. It doesn't matter how we give birth, like we need to give back to our bodies and encouraging for every woman to be able to do some sort of postnatal rehab, some sort of strength work, you know, be able to focus on their pelvic floor and core, know what is right for them so that they- can reach their goals I just think is important and not different for everyone because not everyone wants to do the same thing
0: no it's certainly very important and also doing those recoveries is what you said it's you know incontinence later on in life well, I know just from a personal experience my auntie recently had surgery because she's on her pelvic floor you know she pushed out three boys and in her early 70s she's like whoops something you know she hadn't even done the work um, she realized when she was younger so she also really rang true to me of, geez, you really need to work on these, these muscles. Cause if you don't, there are yeah. impacts certainly later in yeah. life.
1: There's two periods where women are more likely to have pelvic floor issues. So the first, first spike in pelvic floor issues is around pregnancy, childbirth. And then the second spike is around menopause and beyond. So I see a lot of women who've finished menopause that have issues of leaking, and the number of times they say to me, "I wish I had done this work after I'd had a baby," because yeah, it's it's sad. But as a physio, and this is partly why I created my online program, is because in the clinic, I see a lot of women when they already have issues, so they come to me with leaking, prolapse, aches, or pains, that side of things, all that sort of things, where. I really do wholeheartedly believe if we can be a bit more proactive or nip things in the bud quicker, or get onto things a bit quicker, like we might be able to prevent or reduce the impact of so many of these issues like leaking and prolapse. And, you know, these affect your life. Like these are full on. Like, you know, I have women in the clinic and tears every day because it's just so impactful. And, yeah, so to be able to... And that's why it's great that we're talking today because for anyone talking, if you've had a baby and you're a little bit worried about what's going on in that area, if you can have an assessment, have a plan of action, get onto a treatment plan, like it can be it's worth its weight in gold for what, how that can help you in the future.
0: Well, sorry, we had to take a moment there because my son decided that he was going to wake up from a nap and I generally do these recordings while we're having a nap. So We have an extra special guest uh, this afternoon with us. Um, So if you do hear a baby sound, that is the reason why. Um, Hopefully he plays ball. So so look, Kath, you talk about getting an assessment and that. Would you do an assessment shortly after, like with kids? Because I know recovering, particularly say from a cesarean, I couldn't drive for about five, six weeks, and then just started back slowly walking and building myself up, like you said, with the footballer. After having a hamstring injury, is it really important to have those assessments? Because if you want to become active again in your life?
1: Yeah, great question. I think some countries do this really well. I believe France, you get every woman that's had a baby gets multiple, like access to multiple assessments. So, you know, not, I guess the things to keep in mind is if the, to be able to access pelvic floor physio or women's health physio, if you want to is amazing, but I understand not every woman wants to have a pelvic floor assessment. It's it's an internal, like it's pretty, you know, it's internal, like it's fine, it's like um, bread and butter to us, but in the ideal world it would be amazing if everyone did, in my opinion, but I also totally respect all the women out there that don't want it. So there's other women that can't access it because they just don't live close to you know, they might live rurally or regionally where there's no pelvic floor physios I know other women might have issues with finances so look in the ideal world if every woman could book in with for a pelvic floor assessment in six weeks that would be brilliant but I think that's where I guess like in my program I talk through what is a pelvic floor assessment how do we self-assess and how do you strengthen and I think at the end of the day if you can have an individualized assessment that's great but there's also like, it, I think it's great that we've got that choice as well between having an individual assessment and gaining help other ways. So, I used to be, it's quite funny because probably a few years ago, I was very much more out, what's the right word, forthright in my opinion that every woman needs to have a, you know, women's health physio assessment. And yes, I do think it's amazing and can be so beneficial in helping women get on track and. You know, getting their goals underway and getting back to doing the things they love. But I also respect the fact that for multiple reasons, not everyone can. So I guess where if whatever stage you're at, if you're listening, just thinking, is this something that I might want to consider? If so, that's great. You can search for your local clinic. So anytime from six weeks onwards. But you know, it's never too late, Karina. Like as I said before, I've had women in their fifties and sixties and seventies saying, I wish I'd done this sooner. So, but even to them, I say, well, it's better late than never. Like it's, it's never too late at all. So there's no right time to do it. I generally don't do a public floor assessment before six weeks. We just wait, you know, that newborn period. You want to enjoy it with your baby. There's lots of other things on your mind. It's really when you can come up for a breath of fresh air, and start to think about a few other things.
0: And so what is a pelvic floor assessment?
1: Okay, so there's two ways that you can assess the pelvic floor. They're a muscle that's internal to the body. So the first way is we can use an ultrasound machine and pop it on the tummy. And it's like the ultrasound machine that you see the baby when you're pregnant, but this time we're just looking at the muscles. And on that machine, it's nice because you get the visual feedback and you can see the muscles lifting and relaxing. So sometimes for women after a cesarean birth, that might be all they need. If they don't have any issues, they don't have any concerns with the pelvic floor, they're not leaking, no prolapse, and they just want to do a quick check to see that they're lifting correctly. However, the ultrasound machine doesn't tell us much detail about the strength, coordination, like there's level of tone, prolapse. So a vaginal examination can give us a lot more detail and yeah, a lot more to work with. So, but they're the two main ways that you can assess pelvic floor via an ultrasound machine or a vaginal examination. But having said that, as I said, in my membership, I teach women how to self-assess and you can even just by popping your hand on the top of your clothes. So if you're listening now, pop your hand on your perineum, which is that area between your penis and your vagina. And we take a few deep breaths and feel what happens. And then try zipping up your pelvic floor. And what do you feel? Like, Do you feel a lifting up off your hand? Yeah, so I I think becoming aware of your pelvic floor is great. If you can have that specialised input to really get you on track, that's even better.
0: That's certainly very, very helpful because I know some people may want to do those self-assessments and may not have the time or the resources to be able to go see someone. But I actually saw something recently about a campaign trying to get three month assessments for women, both from a physical as well as a mental health perspective, to actually, because there's so much focus on the baby, but not necessarily about the mother postpartum. And it's um, an interesting concept.
1: Oh, it'd be amazing. There's so many appointments during pregnancy, aren't there? And you know, you get so many touch points with the doctors and the midwives and all the rest. And then in postpartum, you have your six week check and like that might be it unless you seek help, like you actively have to go and see someone. So that would be amazing. And that's why I guess these podcasts are so great because it's just increasing the, yeah, the awareness of it all. Like we deserve more. We've got our bodies to live with for the rest of our life. We want to be continent for the rest of our life. We're getting a voice. That's why podcasts are so great. We've got more of a voice, don't we?
0: We certainly do. And, and topics that, you know, it's so important that, you know, there's such an identity shift when you become a mum. So before you become a mum, you think you're one person. And then postpartum, you're a completely different person. And then if physical changes are also there as well, not only from a weight perspective, but also how we use our bodies, how we exercise, maybe different and i think certainly that's also where that recovery is so important i know personally for me running is an identity running for me is my part of my self care and i have a personal goal to get back to running after both my children and it's you know if i can't do that for me it's a real part of my identity and my identity crisis if i can't do it so it's so much that it's not just about the physical and the mental health recovery there's just so many aspects to it
1: Oh, hundred percent. And physical and mental health are so intertwined and interlinked. And yeah, sure. I'm talking about pelvic floor, but you're right. This is, it impacts every facet of life, your confidence, everything. And it's interesting what you said earlier, how the first you'd heard of pelvic floor was after the birth of your first baby. And that's another thing I, I would love for all of our teenage daughters, like all the girls from age and boys, but from, from 12 onwards, or I don't know what age, but you know, around that age of puberty is to learn about the pelvic floor. Cause I have had quite a few women in the clinic talk to me about the trauma of putting in a tampon because they don't know anything about that area. You know, what's this hole that like, how am I inserting a tampon? So even some basic pelvic floor awareness, around that stage, I think, and basic knowledge about wheeze and poos and opening your bowels and, oh, I think it would help to prevent so many issues down the track.
0: Yeah, I even had a friend a couple of weeks ago message saying, girls, do your pelvic floor exercises because she realised that when she was doing something. Yeah. A little bit of weed did come out and she goes, look, I didn't have the time, particularly during her second second pregnancy to spend on the prenatal, prenatal exercise. And as a result, then her body may not be the same. And I'd be the first one to admit, yeah, this is my second pregnancy. I didn't have the time either. To do it It was also COVID and lockdowns and and everything else that comes with it. But it's one of those things that you've, I'm now going, I really should have done more work and been more aware of it, particularly my first pregnancy, because you just don't even realize the impact that it can have in so many different ways.
1: 100%, Karina. And the other problem with pelvic floor is that it's a bit boring, right? (laughs) It's not something we're going to put up high on our priority list unless we have issues, and that's why it's very much a, you know, if if you're leaking, yeah, sure, you give it the attention it deserves, but if nothing's wrong, then you do sort of forget about it, and that's why I combine pelvic floor in all my workouts. It's like embedded throughout the work pregnancy or postnatal workout, but then also at the end we go through a good set of pelvic floor because I know in reality when those women leave, finish that workout, um, that online workout, they're probably not going to think about pelvic floor again, as much as I'd love them to. <laughs> I know
0: they're busy. Yeah. It's certainly so important. And, yeah, if you're if you're active with exercise and, and everything like that, it's, yeah, it's something that I never, yeah, you never give two thoughts about it, the boring things of, you know, it's not going to give you necessarily the flattest stomach and get you back to that pre-baby weight, but it's going to certainly help you be as active as what you wanted to be pre-baby.
1: Yeah, it's interesting you say that. You're right because it's not as sexy as saying, you know, bubs to bikini or like it's. It's not fun to think about. It's not sexy to talk about. It's it's you know a bit of a traditionally a taboo topic, but oh, if you want to make sure you get the most out of motherhood and life. I think we all want to be dry
0: and continent
1: and feel good in that area.
0: Yes, 100%. And so in terms of recovery post-birth, what are some things that we can do to support that? So obviously going to see a women's physio like yourself is one thing, but how can we, you know, start to build up again into our preferred method of exercise?
1: Okay, I like to sort of break it down to three areas. So the first one is, yeah, let's start some pelvic floor and that can generally start from day one post-birth. Unless you've had, if you've had a large tear and multiple stitches, I might be checking with, like if you've had medical complications, check with your healthcare providers. But generally speaking, day one, it's fine to start some gentle pelvic floor lifts. You won't be able to lift for a long period of time. They won't feel very strong. It's more just getting that, brain muscle connection, zip up, relax, lift, relax, and just do that a few times throughout the day. So I like to break it into three sections. So one is, yes, let's focus on our pelvic floor. And then the second stage would be to let's build up some gentle strength work because it's not just a pelvic floor and tummy that's hammered during pregnancy. You feel as weak as a kitten. <laughs> do you remember it? Like after giving birth, you just feel so weak, your whole body. So I think the whole, we need to start some overall body strengthening as well. And then also the third component would be starting a gentle walking plan. And then that can slowly increase. So I'm quite conservative with my guidelines. Again, you know, some women will be fine to do way more than what I suggest, but my guidelines, I think work really well for the majority of women. And if, I always say if people wanting to do heaps more than what I recommend, then go and get that individual assessment so that you can get that tailored advice. But I generally recommend five minutes extra each week. So it's, it's not much, but if we talk like we, as we said before, that pelvic floor stretch like an elastic band or your tummy muscles have stretch like an elastic band, we want that natural recovery to occur as possible. So five minutes in the first week of walking. So around the hospital, around the home, 10 minutes a second week, 15 minutes a third week, 20 minutes a fourth week. So by the time you get to six weeks, it's already a half-hour walk and that's pretty great. The more we're upright, the more we're on our feet, the more gravity has an effect and that's when sometime if women, sometimes if women are just a bit upright, a bit too much in that early six weeks, sometimes they might start to feel that pelvic heaviness or a bulge Like towards the afternoon. And I know that's certainly what I felt after three weeks. I went to a cafe. One of my friends said, This is after my first baby. She said, Come and meet me at the cafe for a coffee. I was like, Sure, that's only a 30 minute walk. That's easy because, you know, I've considered myself fit before. Like my first baby, I've been quite fit, been quite active. I considered myself strong, but you could be the strongest woman in the world and everything's still stretched. And it's not just the muscle, as I said, it's the connective tissue and the fascia and all those soft tissues. So you could be the strongest woman in the world, but everything has still stretched. So, and it just takes time for that recovery. You can't really speed that up. So I remember going for this walk to the cafe, so 30 minute walk, sat in a cafe for an hour or two or whatever it was, I walked home, I think I went to the IGA on my way home and picked up a bottle of milk. By the time I got home, I'd been on my feet for a good three to four hours and I felt this pelvic heaviness. It was like this tonne of bricks. I said to my husband, I feel like a tonne of bricks is sitting on top of my pelvic floor. Like I just felt like everything was just going to fall down. And I, oh, it was such a crazy moment because I knew instantly that was a sign of pelvic organ prolapse and i changed luckily was able to change things around really quickly and i did more horizontal rest but it was a good it was a good wake up call for me and luckily symptoms didn't persist and i was able to adapt things but i'm all for less is more in those early days and all really helped with that recovery down the track you
0: don't have to run a marathon a week after you've given birth well yeah you don't have yeah. to that's right <laughs> yeah <laughs> you're doing a marathon of uh, feeding and looking after a baby so that's the most important thing
1: Mm. but having said that I know there are women who get back to doing heaps in those first few weeks and they're totally fine with no issues so I think at the end of the day if every woman knows what the risks are what the benefits are you know they're able to make an informed choice themselves like that's great like who, who am I to tell people what they should and shouldn't be doing it's all about empowering women so that they can really do what they want to with confidence and knowledge
0: and everyone's different and that's what I always say. And no matter what topic and even the way you manage the juggle and things like that, everyone has a different story and a different process. So um, that's so good. And when you're, you've got kids a little bit older and things like that, sometimes it can be fi- hard to find time for exercise. How important is being active in your life um, and, and not only just for today but also then for the future as well?
1: Yeah. Look, there's so many reasons why people, not just women, men, everyone, we all need to be active for bone density, general health, our heart, you know, there's muscle strength. There's so many reasons why being active is good. And the current guidelines, oh, don't quote me. I I think it's about 150 minutes of moderate intensity a week. So that's about is that right? Oh my gosh, I should have checked that before. <laughs> okay, but it's roughly you want to be doing about thirty minutes of moderate intensity exercise a day. If that doesn't add up. I'll have to get back to you on that. Link links, and guts links and guidelines in the show notes. But it's you know, it's not just a matter of pregnant and postnatal women keeping active. It's it's just something that for our whole life if we want to try to do and that's where it gets tricky with motherhood I think because we fall to the bottom of the pile don't we
0: we certainly
1: do yeah you got mouths to feed and and nappies to change and you're just tired and there's so many reasons why exercising can be a real challenge and I totally experienced this with my second pregnancy I distinctly remember my first pregnancy, I was like, this is easy. You know, I was able to do whatever I wanted. It was it was fine. I was strong. I was active. It was easy. And then the second pregnancy came along and I had a toddler to care for. I had pelvic girdle pain. We'd moved house. I suddenly found I could not go for a walk. I Even going to receive treatment from the physio clinic where I worked was really hard, taking my toddler, getting a car park, And I came back, you know, more exhausted and tired than when I left. And that was a big driver behind creating Fitness Mama because I just thought there has to be an easier way for us to be able to access, you know, safe workouts that we can do even if we're in discomfort, even if you have prolapse, even if you have no time. Like I think to rethink what exercise means to us is really important in that, stage because before you have kids it's probably quite easy to drive to the gym do an hour's class drive home you know before you know it, 2 hours is gone and look some mums manage that fine and after they've had a baby but i think the majority of women find it pretty challenging and it like it's if we can just reframe what exercise is i think it makes it much more achievable so if we can make exercise fun, or if we can include our children in exercise, I, I remember doing a Wiggles workout when I had two children. Because I'd think, I think I haven't done anything today. I'm not I haven't I'm not going to do anything. I, my husband's home late from work, so I thought, okay, I put on the Wiggles. I would dance with my toddler for all the music. When they, whenever they were singing, we'd dance together. And then when they were talking, I would do sets of tricep dips, (laughs) some squats, (laughs) push-ups, And I did my 10 minutes and I was like, this is fun. My kids had fun. I had fun. You know, my online programs, we do live classes and I often see the babies crawling everywhere and the toddlers joining in on our squats and the dogs are joining in. Like it's, I think there comes a point in our life where unless we just sort of try
0: to incorporate it
1: yeah exactly incorporate it into our life it just it's not going to happen like things will change and you know we all have our different phases in life but yeah so thinking about what it what it is for you that like it doesn't have to be what you traditionally thought of it's exercise would be my biggest tip you know brainstorm what are some fun things you can do with the kids where you get active and moving
0: that's such a great way of thinking about it as well, about incorporating the children. It doesn't have to sometimes exercise is also a good way of self-care, but also if you haven't been active for maybe a day or two, taking the kids out on their scooters or the bikes and you're going for a walk and things. So it's then also then some family time and an activity that you can all do together and you know, wiggles concert is a great idea and, and things. So yeah, it's it's I guess that blend of of how we can do and what we thought about exercise pre-kids is certainly different post-kids, that's for sure. Mm. And you're
1: right, it is having that flexibility to be able to do different things to what you might have normally done and also being kind to ourselves. Like, you know, just because you don't do a, an hour's workout like that's okay, you're you're a new mum, or you know, you've got a toddler and you you've only had four hours sleep the night before. Like being kind to ourselves as well and giving us giving ourselves the grace to go with the flow and fit it in when we can. And if we get to do five online program or a wiggles workout or walking to the park, then that's great. And just keep chipping away at it like that. And I think postnatal rehab, rather than thinking of it as an end destination. Like, I want to be running again. We like whatever your goal is, if we can just think about chipping away at it, I think it takes the pressure off, takes the pressure off as well.
0: Yeah. And it's what you said at the start, like post, you know, after you, you know, it's five minutes, say each day, and then you gradually build up, it's it's just like with exercise. You can just slowly sit, you know, what maybe once a fortnight, once a week, you know, just those little things about starting to build into it. So, you know, if there's so much pressure on mums at the start postnatally anyway, like breastfeeding is a challenge. That's a whole other topic. And there's all these new things, especially for new mums. And then even building in for a second child, have a second within the family. There's so much that don't put any pressure on yourself that, yes, it'll happen and just gradually build up.
1: Yeah. It's tricky, isn't it? You're right. Absolutely. Like don't put pressure on ourselves, but still try to create a framework where you can work like do something like whether or not that's chatting to your partner the night before, how am I going to squeeze in 10 minutes or yeah, it's a challenge. It's, and it doesn't change. It doesn't stop being a challenge. I think it's something that we, as I said, it's consistency, but also done is better than perfect. Something's better than nothing and keep chipping away, so.
0: Even my son recently was on, the, on his play mat and I was there quickly doing some exercises and um, my oldest son then sat next to me and he was like doing some bridges with me. He's like, oh, mummy doing exercises. So then he then imitated it and it was so cute to actually see him do that, but it was incorporating into, you know, the kids are just having a quick play and just incorporating exercise into it. So Yeah. And incorporating
1: a baby into like weight training too. Like obviously
0: you want to wait till they've
1: got the head control and they can handle it. But, you know, if you're lying on your back, you could be doing some nice uh, lifting them up and down 10 times and giving them a kiss each time. Or you could be doing a push-up. And I do this with my classes in Fitness Mama. Doing a push up and giving your baby a kiss with each push up, like it's a really nice way to bond and have some fun time together. <laughs> yep. Oh, we might have to
0: wrap up. <laughs> almost almost to wrap up. All right, there we go. Um, I've never done this before. Uh so, <laughs> luckily i oh, can sorry. get it.
1: For those that are for those that are watching, it' total multitasking happening. Super mum Karina has her headphones on, has her mic out, she's breastfeeding at the same time. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, love it. it's a juggle that's for sure so last question is there anything that you want to add to what we may or may not have covered today just in relation to women's health and postnatal recovery
1: so I guess if there's any woman that's listening who who's not feeling very confident they're not quite sure what to do where to go they're not they don't want to do the wrong thing or you know perhaps they want to get back into doing marathon like whatever it it, it is Go in and seek help. Like get yourself feeling confident. Like we, we all owe it to ourselves and, you know, as I said before, we've done them. Our body has achieved so much. It's our body has given us so much and it's time to give up back to ourselves, I reckon, and invest in ourselves. So if you are not feeling very confident or you've got any questions, don't hesitate to reach out. Come and ask me a question on Instagram at fitness mama. And if I don't know the answer, I can point you in the right direction. I have a great network of physios around Australia. So yeah. Yeah.
0: That's Amber. awesome. Yes, no, that's great. <laughs> no, I think it's, it's so important that we give so much to our children and others and that, yeah, definitely by looking after our body. We've, our body's been amazing and certainly a temple of producing life, which I think that is amazing in the first place of how our body does that. But it's also yeah. then important to, to look after it and to uh, repair it, so you speak. Yeah, I guess
1: it's like filling the cup. We talk about that from a mental perspective and I guess we're talking about it from a physical perspective.
0: Yeah. And so what do you, just on that, what do you do to fill your cup? I love to get out of the house.
1: You know, that crazy breakfast time. (laughs) (laughs) That's when I disappear. You smart (laughs) lady. (laughs) Well, I guess I'm not breastfeeding anymore. And I, I guess it's not easy for a lot of women to disappear during that time, but you know, if my husband's going to be gone all day, that's my me time. So I either take dog for a walk or I'll go to the gym or I'll do something. And I just get out, even if it's for 15 minutes, sometimes it's 15 minutes, sometimes it's 45 minutes, sometimes it's an hour, but sometimes it's 10 minutes. I literally have no time. And I go for a quick walk around the block. Like I just, for me, I just, I like it at the start of the day, something just just for me. And it just, and then I come back and I feel so much happier and I could have had such a shitty night's sleep the night before, but even just getting a bit of fresh air or a bit of me time, then I feel like a better mum. So yeah, that's what I like to do.
0: So important. That's amazing. Even if I love how you said, even if it's 10 minutes, you've still committed to it and got out there, which is uh, sometimes we would go, it's only 10 minutes, we won't do it, but that's amazing that you still do do it. That's, that's so good and so just quickly people can connect with you you said before just on linkedin what's your sorry um instagram what's your instagram handle again
1: okay so website instagram it's all the same it's fitness mama f-i-t-n-e-s-t-m-a-m-a and my website's
0: www.fitnessmama.com And you also have a podcast, which I highly recommend people check out. So if you want to go into a little bit more detail around some of the topics and around women's health, that's what Kath also talks about, which is amazing and and certainly a great resource to access as well. So thank you so much, Kath, for your time today, your your patience with uh, an extra special guest in my arms and uh, really appreciate it. And I think Everyone, go get your pelvic uh, floor checked out or even just do that self-assessment. It's such an important thing, not only just after kids, but also later in life because I'm sure you still want to be active and not having support in other ways when you're 70s. So thank you so much for that today. It's been a pleasure.
1: Thanks, Karina, for having me. We'll see you soon.
0: See you soon. Thank you for listening to the Working Mama podcast. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify or your favourite podcast catch-up. I invite you also to join the Working Mama community on Facebook and join in the conversation with other like-minded working mums. Please also feel free to contact me on any of the Working Mama social channels. Remember, mama is M-U-M-M-A or website www.workingmama.com.au. I would appreciate you to share this podcast with friends and colleagues, especially those that are parents managing the juggle. And I would really appreciate if you were able to take the time out to leave a review of the podcast. I'll be giving a shout out to select people that do so. So stay listening and you might be one of them. Thank you and see you next time. Have a great week.